Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Well, shit, Craig. Second half champs. Second half champs. Second half champs. <laughs> yeah, we'll hold on to that one. You know, I mean, yeah. for a while there, we were we were kind of getting a little stressed out because they were non-competitive by halftime, and then really just kind of, uh, <laughs> like, just kind of faded away in the second half. Didn't really fight tonight. That was, uh, that, you know. They look. They had a lot of fight there in the second half. That's more. Oh, yeah. That's more like what we've gotten used to from Kyle Smith's teams. Well, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm speaking of the uh, the men's team as well as the women's team yeah, and the women's for second team. half yeah. chance tonight. Yeah. And for some reason, my input. I'm sorry if my input volume is going crazy. Uh, I'm looking at the, you know, like the meter on on my settings, and it. Every time I pull it back down, it inches back forward. So sorry, everyone, if you're getting blasted right now. I have no control over it. I don't no, know why my uh, my app, for. my MacBook is uh, screaming at you. Um, that, that's but, that's where I get to change the volume levels on the editing afterward. We'll yeah, so hopefully Jeff remembers to do that so you guys don't uh, lose <laughs> your eardrums. Uh, but this is Podcast versus Everyone. I'm Craig Powers. Uh, with me, oh, this is episode 110, and 110. with me for, for 110 consecutive episodes is Jeff Neusser. Yeah, um, that's me. Just yeah. uh, still licking our wounds from a couple uh, of uh, blowout <sighs> basketball losses here, or tough basketball losses. I wouldn't say the men's game was necessarily a blowout, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, they gave up a 20 to nothing run in the first half. I mean. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kinda and I'm pretty sure the, the game right there. Pretty sure the women had a similar run they gave up. So oh my god, theirs might yeah. have been even worse. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna look real quick, but that uh, I know it, it was it was 15 to nine at one point, and then I think it was like uh, did they even was score at, in the second? It was quarter? like f- it was like 39. They did at the end. They scored. Oh, they nine. did. At they the ended end, up okay. getting. They they scored nine points in the second quarter, but like it took a while. Like yeah. Um, I, th- I think they ended up, it was, it was 15 to nine. And then, and then at some point I think it was like 39 to nine or something like okay. that. So Stam- Stanford had a 20 open the, uh, open the second quarter on a 20 to two run. Yeah. And then they actually had a run they carried that, over from the, they carried first over from quarter, the first quarter. So it was 24 to two carried over from yeah. the first quarter. And that was all Oops. she wrote for that one. And, uh, <laughs> oh, such a bummer. Yeah, they did get it down to thirteen with about a couple three times, and a half minutes yeah. to go, which was cool. It's like okay, they actually got they to can thirteen get it under digits. They got to thirteen in the third quarter, like so they had, they went from thirty down to thirteen at one point, and then Stanford p- put it back up, and then Stanford hit a bunch of threes. But we'll talk. We'll talk about the women. Yeah. Let's start yeah. talking. Let's talk about the. Well, we'll talk about the men first. We'll talk about the women second. Uh, that 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 doesn't mean anything. That's just that's just how we're always going to do things. Uh, probably because we're just doing by popularity of the teams. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. uh, so uh, the coup game. You know, about a half an hour before we got the bummer news that uh, Isaac Bonton was out with the flu. So, I, I mean. Flu cases are severely down this year uh, because everyone is covering their faces and washing their hands all the time um, and not seeing each other. Um, so 
I guess the only way you actually get the flu is if you play for a basketball team and you're still around a bunch of people all the time. So <laughs> No. I'm like, how are you gonna catch the flu and not catch COVID? Like how is that possible? Yeah. I understand they're two different viruses, but I'm just saying, like, if you're in close enough proximity to people to get the flu, you know, I would think that would mean you're probably in close enough proximity to find someone who's got COVID too, but you know, whatever. I, it sucks, man. Noah Williams uh, apparently has it because he uh, was puking at halftime. That's why he didn't start the second half. So, right. <laughs> DJ Bomba started the second half, and I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what's going on here. And then uh, I could see on the bench, Noah had like three towels like wrapped around his shoulders and his head. And I'm like, oh man, did he get hurt? And eventually he came in and and played, he played 32 minutes. Yeah, yeah, played reasonably well in the second half, but uh, apparently that was the deal. He was he was vomiting uh, at halftime. So yeah, this team's had some hard. Lo- I mean, they they haven't played well. There's no doubt about that. But but man, they've kind of had some really shitty luck to go with it too. Between well, COVID cases and injuries and I know, mean, whatever. they've had their they haven't had their full team for a while because even. You know, uh, Rap was back for the last game, but he Barely. only he checked in like Warren checked in before him, which it's yep. very clear that Rap is above Warren on the depth chart. Um, but but for good reason, and for good reason, <laughs> I, I think that that was pretty evident tonight. Uh, that you know you could see some things that Rap can do uh, defensively and offensively that that Warren isn't isn't entirely capable of. Um, and, but yeah, so overall, you know, the offense like really, really struggled in the first half uh, to get going. I know it hit a couple threes, and then they didn't do a whole lot for a while. Um, and then, uh, yes, and then of course, you know, I they they gave up one point one three points per possession. But yeah, like, and then Colorado only ended up hitting ten of seventeen from three. But in the first half, they were seven of eight. And that's really what made, put the game sort of out of reach was that first half, like seven of eight, three barrage. It's like, can't you just make three or four of those like a normal team or like how you would normally shoot? But right. no, you got to make every goddamn one. And then they ended <laughs> up, I think they, they made eight of nine until they missed another one. And then, and then lo and behold, once, you know, once they start missing a few outside shots, WSU's offense, you know, looks a little better defense looks a little better um except for of course that free throw line um what are we gonna do like how i i always wonder like how do all these other guards drive the lane and draw fouls draw fouls bonton drives the lane seems to absorb the same amount of contact never gets a foul is he just doing something wrong because you know you look at like uh at mckinley wright who is I mean he's a better player than Bonton obviously but he, better at going to the rim especially but he just seems to get the calls when he needs them like you know he he drives the lane and I don't know it doesn't look like he takes that much contact but he gets a call or you know maybe he's just very good at selling it um I we saw uh um one of our readers uh Ollie on on Twitter mentioned that you know WSU needs a uh screaming when they drive the lane for a rim coach you know because Colorado seemed to have that down just yelling and screaming whenever they drew drew any sort of contact in the lane and of course they're insanely good free throw shooters as a team which is just I've I've never seen a team like that just so across the board shoot free throw as well yeah they I, I mean look we obviously know that drawing fouls is a skill 
Um, it's not yeah. just a matter of luck. It's not just a matter of being in the lane. It's, you know, I mean, it, it, if James Harden has taught us anything in our, yeah. in our lifetime, it's that, you know, you can literally craft a skill of drawing fouls. Um, it's not just a matter of being athletic or, you know, being in the right position or, or a friendly whistle or whatever. I mean, it's, it's legitimately, you can put yourself in position to make sure that when there is contact, there is a foul called. And, you know, I, I think so when I watch a team like Colorado, um, you know, they mentioned on, I mean, the, the broadcast in general was, was fairly full of inanity, but yeah, the one point that they made that is like a legit good point is Colorado is super veteran. Like, I mean, yeah. these are like, you know, really four, four and fifth year guys. Yeah, yeah. Really experienced good college basketball players not just experienced guys because you know i mean we've had some experienced teams over the years led by ernie kent and that didn't make a lot of difference right so um you know this this is a an experienced team full of good players i mean you mentioned like jariah horn coming off the bench you know he's their sixth man i mean he'd be starting for just about anybody else he'd probably i mean if he was playing for us he'd be our number he'd be like option 1a in the offense next or one B next to Bonton, right? Well, like that's how good their, he is. The, so. Their freshman, their freshman Jabari Walker, it, the six yep. eight, like super athletic dude. He yep. when he when he comes off the bench, they they tell him to shoot, and they're obviously limited his minutes. But he played ten minutes, and it felt like he played more. And and yep. he played about he didn't play much in Pullman either. And it just feels like they just have these guys like when Horn when Horn first came off the bench. He hit this really tough turnaround fadeaway from 15 feet. And you're like, I don't think there's a single guy on our team that can hit that shot. And no. he's their sixth man off the bench. Right. Um, and, and it's just like, it, like I think the, the color commentator, I forget what his name is, but it, he said like, like I, you know, WC is play good, play good defense. And he just turns around and hits that shot. He's like, well, not much, not much you can do about that. Like, cause really, yeah, that's what you want. You want guys shooting fadeaway 15 footers. That's you'll take that all day. Yeah, and and this in so, college you will for sure. Yeah, yeah. This isn't. Yeah, we're not. We're not talking about LeBron James here. Like, like, in, and like right. Dirk Nowitzki type. You know, or Luka exactly. Don, Donkic. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, that Colorado is just tough. Like again, Colorado. The, the teams we've played recently: Colorado, UCLA, USC. Just show to be successful, you need. You need more than a couple guys. You need to. You need to have some depth to yeah. your ability to score. And that's how, you know, although we'll say Colorado did have a five-minute stretch of, uh, of without scoring today, but still they ended up at 1.13. And, and because they, you know, yeah, like like Horn off the bench. Walker. Uh, they have, they have uh, Batty, who's just, you know, he, he shot a lot today, but sometimes he can be like a third or fourth option. And But when he wants to go after it, like he can put the ball on the deck from the top of the key and take it all, all the way at the rack, and he's their their five. And Deshaun Schwartz, he was two of five. Like he's the one guy that you would expect to go five of five from three in a game, and then he goes two right. of five. And uh, you know it's, it's not. And freaking Dallas Walton, he he got he got the Cougs in the first game, uh, and he's and he you know barely had to do anything in this game, and so it's just like you make it tough on the other team by having so many guys to guard and WSU just isn't there yet. Um, we, we saw, 
we saw, you know, we see guys have flashes like Jackson has some good moments, but Jackson was still three of 10. You know, it's like, it's not like he's finishing everything. He's making something like he played a great game. He, he's looking very good in the post, but he's still not there when in, in terms of finishing. Like he, he's, you know, three of 10 when, when he's getting a lot of shots in the paint. Yeah, they're guarded, but, and he's very good at drawing fouls, but it, but the three of 10 doesn't even count the ones he's missing when he's getting fouled, you know? So it's like, he's taking a lot of tough shots, but it, I I would expect when, by the time he's a sophomore junior, he's going to be finishing a lot more of those with, you know, yeah. a little bit more strength, even though he's already a very strong freshman. Um, and, and same thing with, you know, we, like we have guys on the way, like, it's just, we're just not there yet. And this year right. is very evident that we're not there because we saw Bomba today. Like, uh, what did you say? What did you say on Twitter? I'll let you yeah, say was, it. Like, yeah, I was like, he's at some point in his career, he's going to be a twenty point per game scorer. Like, I feel, I feel confident about that. I mean, it's it's going to take some work with the jumper. I mean, it's hard to score twenty points if you don't hit hit three, two or th- yeah. two or three threes a game. Um, you know, we saw that with CJ, right? Like, you know, you got you got to be able to hit some outside shots to to score twenty points a game. But uh, but his ability already to get to the rim. Uh, the finishing is a little inconsistent at times. Like he had one tonight where, you know, he, he had a couple where he finished great, like got in the rim. He had a nice little, like, like little lefty flip mm-hmm. over, yeah. uh, over a defender where he just kind of got him a little off balance, cut back to the middle and finished with like almost kind of a little lefty finger roll, um, which, you know, look, he made it look real easy, but, and maybe the finish itself wasn't that tough, but the getting into the spot where the finish wasn't that tough was the hard part, you know, and he did a great job with that. But then there was another one later where he kind of got into the lane and did kind of a double clutch thing when he kind of didn't need to and ended up, you know, blowing the layup. So, um, you know, consistency is not there. And, and and that's it, you know, for everybody. I mean, he talked about Jackson, same deal. You know, he's – he three. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. He is in such a slump right now. Um, you know, but you talked about yeah, Jackson, Jackson yeah. and he's – um, you know, he went three of ten. You expect him, you know, to go five of ten in his career. Five of ten, six of ten. Like that's what that's what you expect from him eventually, right? And he's just right. not quite there yet, but he is, you know, drawing some fouls. Like you see some positive things. Um FA had another real struggle game. Again, not a yeah, not a you huge look at- shock. You know, it's he he's yeah. trying to match up inside with, you know, Evan Batty, which is you know, he's given up. You know, I, I don't know how many pounds he's given up, but it's got to be about 50. 40. For, yeah, I, 40 well, to 50 pounds. Well, well. Yeah. <laughs> like it might be listed at 40 pounds. I don't think it's actually 40 pounds that he's given up. I think it's he's probably more like 50. So anyway, just, you know, they're all just sort of figuring it out. And I think, you know, the fouls getting called on them. Uh, you know, a lot of them are just sort of, you know, they're just ever so slightly out of position. Right. And they're ever so slightly still just growing into their bodies and they're Mm -hmm, ever so you know mm -hmm. and and really is it's 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 these these things on the margins you know that that lead to the you know the lead to the foul calls and lead to the traveling turnovers and lead to the you know all the stuff that's kind of you know uh, like like they pile up during a game you know and that's and that's kind of where they're at but you know for taking positives away from tonight uh you know my biggest one is you know that, that they've they've gotten back to fighting um, you know, there were a few mm-hmm. games there where they were kind of rolling over and not that that's, I, you know, and I don't, uh, I, you know, I don't see that as some sort of like indictment on anybody, you know, I'm like, there, there have been some people on our game threads that have been like, 
they just don't even look like they're trying. They're a bunch of quitters. And I'm just like, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> like, like, okay. Now, yes, it's hard to watch, you know, and I'll, I will completely grant people that, you know, that it's tough to watch. And, um, you know, it's when you see a team that is just so lost, it, it often kind of looks like a lack of effort. Right. And, you know, so it, it was kind of a bummer to see that for a few games. Um, but, you know, the last couple of games, they've really they've gotten back to fighting. They've gotten back to scrapping, um, you know, even, you know, they, they opened the last game against Colorado, getting up big and then, you know, trying to hold on, but just couldn't score. Um, and then this one, you know, they went down big and they they clawed their way back. I think they got within six, you know, in the second half. And, you know, Colorado hit some more threes and couple of and ones and and you know went to the free throw line approximately 78 times and you know that was that i mean colorado scored more points from the free throw line in the second half than they did from the floor yeah i mean <laughs> you know i mean uh, you know i don't i don't know what i don't you know i don't know what you do with that they, i think wsu needs to get better at combining their halves here because like if you look at so the sequencing the, right the sequencing so the second <laughs> talk about so, sequencing so really, the you know, from the last ten minutes, and then the last thirty minutes of last game, plus the last the next twenty minutes, so like a fifty minute span, they just got absolutely whooped by Colorado. Right. Like they they like just obliterated. I mean, you could just say probably the first ten. So like of over a forty minute span, and it's weird to look at these games because it's so rare you play games back to back against the same team. Um, but unless it's like, you know, sometimes the rivalry games work out that way, but, uh, yeah, so that you're looking at, they lost by seven. So they lost the end of that seven, 10, 17, 25. And then, and then they lost the first 10 minutes of this game. So they lost the last 30 by 25 at last game. And they lost the first 10 of this game by 12. So they got over a 40 minute span, got outscored by Colorado by 37 points but then the rest of the the rest of the time in those games the other 40 minutes on those games are very competitive and played Colorado you know roughly even um to the point actually outscored them so it's like yeah you just like you it's they just are so prone to these stretches and early in the season when they were playing worse competition it was always the offensive stretches but now that they're playing better offensive teams they can't they can't hold the other team from scoring for 10 minutes too. And so like when, when you don't score, when you score like two, four points over 10 minutes, the other team now is going to score, you know, at, at, at 10 or 15 at a minimum, even if you're playing good defense. Um, so it's, it's getting, you know, that, that makes it tough. And uh, so really, and, and, you know, it's, they, they had roughly the same game uh, against Colorado as they did the first time without Bonton with Bonton. You know, I you you see Bamba have a really good game, and you see uh, um, Jackson have a pretty solid game. You know, it's 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 hard to say. You know, like if they have Bonton or those guys. You know, obviously Bamba is probably not going to shoot as much. Um, it's it's hard to say. You know, how much it impacted. I I think it would have been nice to have uh, Bonton tonight because uh, that first half might have started off a little better, and uh, they might have hung in into it in it a little longer while Colorado wanted to cool down from the outside maybe um but I will say yeah some of the young guys that had to step in like Bamba and Rap and Jackson who got more more touches were actually you know solid and it was really some of the starters like uh Yakimovsky and Abigidi that uh kind of 
let us down tonight. Um, you know, because even even Coons came off the bench and had a you know some decent minutes. Uh, you never know with defense, but um, you know he was solid enough. And but it was very interesting to see that like they felt that Tony Miller did not match up against Colorado very well, and they felt that Vova did not match up. And those are kind of different ends of the spectrum for those guys, you know, of why they don't match up against Colorado well. Um, hopefully, at some point, you have a roster where you don't have to worry about, you know, this guy is matching up with those guys so much, you know. Um, yep. And, I, I, you know, I have confidence that this uh, coaching staff can build that roster, given what they've done in, you know, two recruiting classes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, it's it sucks. We pretty much knew we were going to lose this game, like right. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, it, it's nice to actually, you know, it, it was looking like uh, they're going to lose by twenty five again. Like it's in the last game, kind of felt like they lost by twenty five because of how it ended. You know, they start twenty five to nine or whatever, and then end up losing by fifteen or twelve or um, eleven, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, so. Now they're on. Oh, and I guess we can go back to the Utah game. That game sucked. It seems so long ago now. Even I think we have like to talk about that game. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It, I, that I, sucked. I, there's nothing to talk about in that game. It was terrible. That was a that was a rollover game, um, which is you know those those games that are super frustrating. So I don't know. Uh, Utah did a very good job of um, making life difficult for Bonton and and, and oh make, my and god, seeing, they put seeing if anyone else could beat them and uh, you know well. And then offensively, they put – I mean, they just, like, uh, pick and rolled us to death. Yes. Like, like literally, to it, like, their two-man game from all angles. They've got these, you know, agile big men uh, and then, you know, Timmy Allen. And it's just like – it was just like over and over and over and over. Just – it was like – I mean, for, for people of a certain age, you know, you might remember watching John Stockton and Carl Malone run the pick and roll yeah, where it's like – of course. You know, it's the simplest – it really is the most basic play, uh, the bi- most basic offensive play in basketball. Um, and yet if it's run correctly – uh, it's it's a fairly amazing play, and and Utah had about like like Stockton and Malone used to do. I mean, Utah had about six different ways that they ran that thing and attacked us, and I mean, we were just like completely clueless. Which you know, you get it's you know again the youth, right? Like, and and I know that you know Cal Smith this week was like, we don't want to take the easy way out and blame youth, and it's like, yeah, but that's like legit, <laughs> you know, like that's legit. These guys are all seeing things they've they've never seen before. They're they're facing guys who, um, you know, are stronger than they've ever seen before, ever played against before. I mean, uh, F.A. definitely is experiencing that. Like he's I mean, he's just been, you know, completely neutralized offensively for a while now, um, which is which is kind of hard. He did have one yeah, ridiculous he's... post move tonight where he was like under the backboard and kind of flipped it just up. jumped up. Yeah, yeah just, just kind of jumped kinda... up and, and laid it in from under the backboard. But uh, but other than that, I mean, he jacked up a couple threes. And yeah, he's really I mean, resorted to threes. Yeah, he's just he's really lost on the offense right now. And then, you know, part of it is, too, like, I mean, he's mostly most of the time he's playing with, um, you know, with Deshaun Jackson. So he's playing with another center. He's and he's not really a center. And yet. But the problem is he also doesn't really have the total four stretch four skill set yet. You Mm -hmm. know, like he he can hit a three, but teams are like aware right now that really his only weapon is is a three. 
And so he's not yeah. getting any of the open three looks that like, like really the last time he had any open threes was Stanford, I think. Yeah. They're really um, not afraid of him blowing by. No. And that's, that's sort of the next evolution in his game, right? Is okay. So if he's going to catch the ball around the three point line, you know, he's got to be able to put, you know, one dribble on the floor and go, or he's got to be able to catch it at 15 feet and put, you know, face up and put one dribble on the floor and go. Um, and he has the, he has the athleticism to do that. I have no doubt that he can develop that. It's just, it's, yeah. you know, he doesn't have it, doesn't have it yet. And, you know, we've just got a lot of guys on this offense who aren't, aren't real assertive, you know, uh, you know, Jackson's being assertive, obviously Bonton when he's playing is being assertive. Noah is kind of in between, you know, like, like he's definitely, there are times when he's assertive, uh, yeah, I think also, the big... he, he picks and chooses his spots maybe a little bit more than, than I would, I would prefer, I guess. The big difference with his assertiveness from this year and last is that he's just a better jump shooter this year. Yes. And so he, he'll take more threes. And so yes. that, I think that's where his, you know, his shot percentage ticks up because he doesn't seem to be, you know, finding those, you know, as you said, he ignored some seams that he maybe could have used to get to the basket a few times. You know, he did, he did, he was 27% usage. Uh, he had four turnovers, so maybe, maybe he was cautious for a reason. Maybe he just didn't feel confident. Um, well, yeah, and I'm also saying that. that now, now knowing that he probably has the flu. So, sorry. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, of course. I'm not trying to rip but, on yeah, but, the kid but I think it, it's a, it's a, it's a general thing. Like he, he has like bouts of assertiveness, uh, and we see that often in second halves of games. Um, so maybe that was what that flu neutralized him in the second half. So he couldn't be his normal, uh, second half self. Um, but yeah, yeah it, I mean, still though, one thing that's great about Noah, he's still hitting those three pointers, man. Like I, yep. if you would have told me he'd still be shooting over 40% from three at this point, he's at 48% from three still at this point in the season, um, with on 56 attempts, I would have said you're a liar. Like he's yeah, 49, 40. 17 of 35 in Pac-12 play, third best three-point percentage in Pac-12 play. He's Absolutely got the 44th best, 44th best three-point percentage in Division One among qualifying players on Ken Palm. 44th yeah. nationally. Like, he's a legitimate three-point threat, and it's nuts. Like, yeah. and he takes tough ones. He's been hitting tough ones, too. He's well, they're not... closing out on him. They're not They're not yeah. letting him have wide-open looks. Like, he's, he's hitting. Yeah, at the start of the it's season, awesome. he definitely hit some where he, like, he had all day to think about it because they're like, nope, that dude shot 11% or whatever from three, like 15% yeah. from three last year. Let him yeah. do it. But now he's absolutely a threat out there. He's, I mean, he's been our best three-point shooter. Um, you know, I, you might think <laughs> that like Bonton or, Bonton or Yakimovsky you would think would be better from a pure shooting standpoint. But like Noah is just locked in from three. And man, if that's something he can carry forward, and and have the rest of his career at WSU like and you know that's something that gets him in the NBA like that's yep. if he can hit threes because um, that's something like we didn't see Kyle Weaver develop that until really like he had, he was decent at threes his senior year um, but he really had to develop it in the NBA and that's in, that was mainly his role in the when in the limited time he got to actually play in the NBA was like he had to shoot threes like he, otherwise he wasn't going to get on the floor. So it's nice to see Noah already developing that. You expect it to kind of only get, you know, that's after one off season. So um, he can refine it, add, add more. So uh, that's cool. And and again, I, I'm going to call it rap again. Like he's just, 
you know, it was nice to see him like have a have you know a nicer game. He hit some. Yep. He made some nice plays. We yep. saw that he has a little more in the toolbox than maybe you thought before. Yep. So it's yep. like so so you see why he plays um, like more as much as he does really. And you know he wasn't like super efficient, but he he wasn't terrible either. Like we've seen players have way worse games than that. So uh, and and, he, and we definitely needed every bit of what he offered. So and he took some. You know he he just kind of asserted himself in a couple spots. So that's our word of the day: assertiveness. Um, and yep. made some nice plays when WSU needed one. And uh, so yeah, hopefully uh, you know maybe having our assuming this is like a, a just a 24-hour bug or something we, we can have everyone back for washington coming up um Let's which so. you know a, a week and a half ago you just think this was like a easy no problem like 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 wsu is clearly the better team um but uh it's not yeah. looking like that anymore oh, things uh thanks change. Thanks to UW sweeping the mountain schools at home while WSU was busy getting their asses whooped by the mountain schools, uh, UW swept them. Um, largely, I'll say it's largely on the back of three-point shooting. Uh, they hit 12 of 24 in both games, um, which is crazy. <laughs> so they 12 of 25 in the first game against uh, Colorado and then 12 of 24 in the second game. So they went 24 of 49 from three over the weekend. That will always help. That's this first off. That's always going to help. Um, Cause uh, it just, so that shooting, they shot well from the interior too. So just the ability to shoot is really what carried them in those games. Uh, Cause they didn't really play that well defensively, which you would, you know, that's kind of what Hopkins hangs his hat on, but like they didn't really play that well defensively. There's really, shot well and so that's something that kind of worries you if they if they can if they have the ability to shoot that well a lot of teams have been doing that on wsu lately <laughs> um so uh-huh. that, that's that's a bit that's a well, bit worrying you gotta think that the the luck comes back around at some point <laughs> like, yeah right like and i think i you know i think you and i are on the same page on this that you know the the three-point defense early in the year uh was was somewhat overstated based off of competition and, you know, maybe just facing teams that aren't, you know, really great shooters. Um, You know, there were definitely open looks that got missed and whatever. So it wasn't like their three point defense was bad, but it also, you know, we sort of know, you know, statistically that three point defense, um, you just, you don't have a ton of control over whether the ball goes in Um, as much as, you know, a lot of people like to think that your three point defense is, you know, predicated on certain things. Um, and you, I mean, you might have a little bit of influence, you know, with, with your closeouts and things like that. But, um, as we saw tonight, (laughs) like there were a lot of really good closeouts, um, a lot of really tight three point shots and Colorado was just, you know, burying like all of them. I mean, they, they made eight of their first nine. I think at one point it was 10 of 15. Um, they finished, I think 10 of 17. So, you know, Oh, only 10 of 17, 59% from three, but um, you know, at one point they were 10 of 15 and it's just like, I mean, there's only so much you can do about that. So they, they just have had a really, a really tough run of luck the other direction with some of the teams they've played that have just shot the lights out from three, um, you know, regardless of whether the shots are wide open, right? Like, I mean, NBA players miss wide open threes. I mean, people miss wide open threes and it just doesn't really 
seem to be happening at a normal rate right now for us. And so um, here's to hoping there's some regression that takes place here at some point. Cause man, it feels like ever since that UCLA game, like everybody's just hitting everything uh, against us. And, um, and that's a tough deal. I mean, they, you know, there, there was a time in the game. I, you know, I think I, I sort of tweeted out like, Hey, if, uh, if they were just shooting something normal, this is like a five point game. It's like, that's like in the first half. Um, yeah. And then when it got up to, you know, eight of nine and we had actually closed it to like close the gap to like, you know, six points or five points or whatever it was. It's like, yeah, like if they are shooting something normal, like even know, or even just nine. even just slightly above average, like maybe they're just shooting 50 percent instead of, you know, 80 percent, you know, like maybe maybe, you know, we, we would have been ahead. Right. So it'd be nice if some of that luck would kind of come back around. Uh, we could sure use it. We could sure use a lucky, a lucky game to, to break out of this funk. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Washington suddenly thinks that they are, uh, they are a, a hot shooting three point team. I I would love for them to keep jacking well, up threes this weekend. Well, well, they are shooting threes at the second highest rate in PAC 12 play. So 41% of their shots have been three point shots. So, um, they haven't up until this, up until this uh, weekend, this last weekend, they weren't shooting them that well. Um, but because uh, they're even with going twenty four forty nine uh, over those two games, their conference overall stats over the whole conference, they're still only at thirty five percent. So they weren't shooting that well. De- it's interesting. Uh, WSU and UW both they're first and second in. Uh, UW is first and WCU is second in the lowest percentage of three-pointers allowed in Pac-12 play. So they're not teams that allow. Um, I think some of that is the fact that both have been at times easier to score on inside. Uh, Particular UW. UW's defense has been awful. Like Ernie Kent levels of awful. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, that's uh, not they're gi- they are giving up 1.15 points per possession, which would be like worse than Colorado tonight. I mean, better better than Colorado tonight every night. You know, so better than a team that hits 10 of 17 from three and and shoots a billion and goes 20 of 23 from the free throw line, but that's every night. Right. So. So yeah, they they do the so it's funny. I mean, the Syracuse zone has always kind of been like that. They 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 don't it doesn't allow as many threes as your typical like two three zone. Um, but but I think that's why it's so important that a that zone needs a shot blocker down low um, because it does it stretches out farther than your typical zone yep. to. And and so you you need you need the big guy in the middle, and you need that kind of uh, that that sniper picking off the passes as well. And and they don't really have either of those things. They do have Riley Sorn, but he doesn't play that much, and he is a good shot blocker. But again, he's not he's not always on the floor. He's seven foot four. If you're not a good shot blocker and you're that tall, then get. get get out like just like (laughs) i mean like you should just like wake up and block a shot just but with your head i don't know yeah um but yeah so they just don't they don't have that those like 
that like guy jump in passing lanes as, as well as you know they've had in the past and um yeah because you know they steal but they don't they don't like steal at above average rate and uh they've just yeah really struggled uh defensively on the inside so what i'm really looking forward to is watching um deshaun and fa go after offensive rebounds because we know those are always going to be an opportunity with washington's defense but they're especially bad defensive rebounding this year they are giving up almost 40 percent of their own misses they the other team is is or is uh grabbing the ball so like that's that's bad that's very yeah. bad um, 345th nationally in defensive rebounding percentage which yeah that's... you expect them to be bad like Syracuse was always bad at that it's just part of running his own but this is, is they're just particularly bad. yeah this, <laughs> this you is... don't you, you don't have uh what was his name what for the the big dude that they had last year that went to the NBA yeah, uh totally Stewart yeah. Stewart, yeah, you don't because he would at least clean up some boards, um, you know, just from his athletic ability. But they just don't, they just don't have that guy uh, this year. That's just kind of cleaning things up and and taking care of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they still have like Nate Roberts is a decent uh, rebounder, and, and you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think there's going to be opportunities for second chances. So, and another good thing is they don't force a lot of turnovers because they don't have that, you know, they don't have the pressure guys that they've had in the past. Um, so, but the frustrating thing is WC is probably still going to turn the ball over because that's just, because <laughs> that's just what we do right now. That's it's at this point it, uh, we've played teams that don't force turnovers like Utah and they still turn the ball over a bunch. Like it's just what they do. Like it's frustrating it, it's going to be a, it'll be exceptionally frustrating against you dub because you know if you can just get a shot on the rim there's a 40 percent chance you can yeah. grab an offensive there's like rebound. a million good things that could happen if you just like okay so if you're shooting 30 percent then the 70 percent of the time then 70 percent of the time you're missing 40 percent of those times you're just going to get the miss anyway and be able to put it back up so just don't turn the ball over get a shot on the board let deshaun and and vova and and uh and and fa just attack the offensive glass please don't give the ball away stupidly i know that we love doing it it's just part of our dna at this point but just don't do it like just don't do it the middle is going to be open um i i you know i i kind of wonder who we have to exploit that sort of uh that free throw free throw line in that you can kind Noah. of exploit Noah. Yeah. I guess he I was the he, guy I think last he's year. The guy. Yeah. He's, the he guy was the guy last guy. year. Yep. Yeah. He was the guy that did that last year. So hopefully we can get, hopefully he's got the, the runs are done and, and he can, you know, he's, he's good to go. Cause he, yeah. we know that he absolutely yep. loves playing you dub. Like well, one <laughs> one thing I saw, I did watch some of their game against Utah. They actually ran quite a bit of man to man in that game. Really? Yeah. So I, you know, I I remember that last year they ran some man to man against us when the zone was just getting torched by yeah. uh, by by Bonton and by by Ellaby. So I don't know. Like I, yeah, I'm I'm curious uh, to see kind of how that goes down and. 
you know, maybe F.A. can play in that high post spot a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe he can, you know, put how, mu- how much the, on the deck. One how time. much man to man would you just like, would you say it was like a junk thing that they threw out like I, for a few I, possessions or. So I, Cause I agree. I remember them running closely. it a few times. Oh, OK. Yeah, I didn't watch it that closely, but it seemed like it was more than just a handful of possessions. Um so, yeah, I mean, it seems it seemed like it was something they were like using. Now, again, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's they just felt like it for this matchup because I didn't watch any of the Colorado game for them. Um, so I don't know if they felt like maybe just Utah. They wanted to do it against Utah. I don't know if they, you know, were just fed up with their zone. Like, I, like, honestly, I have no idea They're I mean, they're always going to be a, a staple zone team, but obviously their zone stinks. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know, like maybe maybe it was a desperation move. Maybe, maybe they'll go with it a little more. I'm not sh- I'm honestly honestly not sure. I just know that they uh, they did not just sit in their zone and, and get picked apart. They they really did try to try to do some things man to man and, um, you know, for for at least more than a few possessions. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see some of that. Um, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm not sure either one of them scare me. So. We will say it is the worst offensive Pac-12 play facing the worst defense, and then interestingly enough, the ninth worst, third, the ninth best offense in Pac-12 play versus the ninth best defense, WSU's defense versus <laughs> Washington's offense. Um, so quite quite a clash of the titans we have yeah. in the uh, Apple mm. Cup of the hardwood. That's here. right, the um, Boeing Apple Cup series. What you really hope is WC can kind of get back to kind of shutting down the inside, um, and they and they did that to a large yeah. degree tonight. Um, that and, was something and, and that in, I thought was and, real positive. And in the first game against Colorado too, I think they yeah they were they played much. I I think maybe that's coming back. I you hope that Washington isn't shooting uh like colorado you know call again seems like colorado ucla usc they just have so many players you would expect like you know the shooting percentages to be higher uh, UW has had a couple guys go off lately and hopefully you know you can kind of stem that a little bit yeah. and obviously you gotta hope you can finally have a full roster of guys hopefully bonton's feeling better hopefully noah's feeling better Rat, you get rap off the bench. Yep. Um, uh, you get that full guard rotation. Yep. Um, I am maybe, curious. You know, I was gonna say I'm curious to see if if maybe at some point they do change something up with the starting lineup, um, mm-hmm. and particularly Yakimovsky. I know that. Yep. Uh, I know Smith said this week that you know, hey, when he's on the floor, good things happen, and, and you know, I obviously trust him. If that's, you know, I, I trust, I trust them on that one. However, Yakimovsky is now two for his last 17 from three, including yep. O for his last eight. That's really bad. Really, 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 really bad. Um, and then in that time, he's also only uh, three of five, seven, three of seven on twos. So he's taken seven twos, and, 17 threes, and he's not really hitting any of them. Um, and he's taking less and less shots. Like he only took two yes. shots tonight. That's the other thing. So he has gotten really passive, um, and so that that to me is probably the greater concern. Like I I have less of an issue with a guy you know get, going cold and trying to shoot his way out of a slump. 
Um, but he just doesn't, he, he's barely shooting. And honestly, when he does remember, we sort of marveled at the shot early in the year and we're like, Oh man, mm-hmm. it's just like, like every single one that comes off his fingers looks like money. Even, even when it's not good, it looks good, right? Like, well, it doesn't look good right now. It looks, it looks forced. Uh, it looks, uh, it looks out of rhythm. It looks off balance. Yeah. Um, it's just all the things that it wasn't, uh, early in the year. And, and so to me, you know, maybe bringing him off the bench, uh, lightens that up a little bit. You know, maybe you go something, you know, maybe you put rap in and go with like a three guard situation. Um, you know, I, you know, or maybe just go back with DJ Rodman. I'd be okay with that. He had a nice game tonight, really didn't do anything offensively, but, um, you know, I think he's a stronger defensive player than Yakimovsky. Um, at least and, in terms and I of think no, no one is no one is assignments and things like that. So I, I think that would be a fairly obvious little switch that might, I don't know, maybe that jump starts something just a little bit, uh, get the yeah. guy with experience back in there. So I'd be okay. And with I think that. against, especially against you, dub you're, you're fine running Noah or DJ at the three. Um, I, cause that, just defensively, you're fine. I mean, offensively, whatever. But um, I, at this point, I don't think uh, Yakimovsky, how assert, you know, his, again, word of the day, assertiveness. His lack of assertiveness is it. He's he's no more effective offensively than DJ is. Right. He's not going to shoot the ball. Right. And obviously, DJ's finishing at a at a better rate than him right now. Yep. And so it's so you know, if you want to get DJ in, have him play. You know, have him match up against, yeah, I don't know who, you know, the guard or, or Bay or, or Bat Bajema or however you say his name. It, it, it's, I, I think like U-Dub's a team that they could go a little smaller and be fine. And, uh, and, and plus DJ still is, you know, his numbers aren't like great rebounding, but he is, he's like, he he's good at uh, putting other people in a position to rebound or creating a re- making a rebound more difficult for the other team so that so they can be tipped and someone else can grab it. So I, I, you know, I think he, he's actually contributes there more than his numbers show, but, um, I, yeah, it's, it, you got it, man. Yakimoski probably, you know, he's a freshman. Like it's not like he's, uh, he, he needs probably something to shake things up. It's just not working for him right now. And it's been quite a long, uh, time you know where he's been he's had a lot more downs than ups lately so it's yeah it'd be great to see him just yeah. you know just you, know, get you a bring him off the bench and you're like hey you know just go shoot man just go go shoot you know give us something um yeah his last good game helpful. was against his last decent game was against stanford yep and really yep. since then it's been he hasn't shot that much and it's funny the only the game where he actually hit a couple shots is where he just kept shooting against USC. So he hit two of six from three. It's like, dude, just don't give up, man. Yeah. Like, although I, although I will say, I've said many times, if he doesn't hit the first couple, like it just seems like it's just not yeah. happening for him. Like if yeah. he, and maybe he's got that same mindset. Like if I don't hit that first one, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. You know. Well, it seemed like I mean it wasn't that way early in the year. <laughs> like I mean, he shot nine threes against Portland State. Like he just kept shooting. I mean, he he. There were plenty of times this year where he just just kept shooting. Um, so I, you know, I don't know, I don't know, man. It's you know, UW obviously prime if they're running some zone prime situ prime prime opportunity to shoot a bunch of threes. Um, but like you, I'm more curious to see how many threes UW shoots against us because we we typically don't allow more than twenty. 
three point attempts. Yeah. It's usually more like 16, 17, 15, 18, yeah. somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, and UW right now is shooting like 25 to 30 threes a game. So, uh, so that's going to be a real, a real fascinating matchup. And by the way, I, I, I may want to recant my, uh, invitation for them to shoot. Cause they, they're now going on like four or five games in a row of 40% yeah. or better from three. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. been a while since they've had a bad one. So now I'm like, Oh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I don't want them to shoot 33s. Uh, you know, that might be bad. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's, you know, UW, I think obviously more talented. Um, I don't think anybody would argue with that, uh, but they, you know, I think they're, they're extremely, you know, three point shot dependent right now. Um, if, if we can make that difficult on them, um, and get some interior defense that doesn't uh, that doesn't end up in foul trouble. Uh, you know, tonight was the first time in the six game losing streak we allowed less than fifty two percent on twos. So, hopefully that's a that's moving in the right direction. And uh, yes, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get back to that two point defense that that we know uh, well, can be effective. Yeah, what, what I'd be love to see is allow kind of 45% on twos and shoot over 50% on twos. Like if you can get that combo in this game, like you're going to be doing well, as long as UW yeah. isn't hitting 40, 50% of their threes. If, if UW hits 50% of threes, we're probably fucked. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. But both of um, our teams are due for, due for regression. That's, that's what I'm clear. Yeah. To. Yeah. <laughs> both of them, but they're, yeah, they're due to get but, worse and we're due to get better. So please win. Cause we talked a lot of shit for oh. a long time at the start of the season. No <laughs> <I don't> kidding. <laughs> It's so true. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I need I need a picture. I need a picture of Noah like posing at center court. Like I need this. So, yeah. Come let's on. make this happen. Yeah. We just need a win, man. Like it's it's been a while and any old kind of again, win. Again, like it's it's you know, it's it's doesn't get any easier. Um going forward it never does yeah, it, it, it gets it does get a little easier i mean you got oregon's on the road uh you do but most okay so with our okay we got what 10 games left half at home half on the road uh you know we've played a bunch of a bunch of road games lately um you know, so yeah, the the next. Okay, I guess it, it just, is easier, but it's not. You're not favored to win any of these games no, no, until no. until Washington at home and Cal at home. That's yeah. So you got you got another stretch of five games where yeah. you're not favored again. But you know, UW, Oregon State, both should be toss ups. I mean, you really you really need to win one of those. You know, for sure, if not two, win both, please. Win both, yeah. please. That'd be great. Well, um, especially if you want to finish a season above 500, gotta win both of those yep. ones. Yep. So those are those are ones we'd we'd like to have. Uh, Oregon, you know, uh, they're pretty they're vulnerable. You know, they're vulnerable. They just lost to Oregon State. So I'm really pissed that we miss. Like I maybe Arizona it'll get State. rescheduled. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll get rescheduled. But I'm really like because even especially at that point in the season when WSU probably was feeling pretty good and playing pretty well. Uh, that I think that's when they would have won. And just to not have that one is a real bummer just to not have that on the ledger also to not have that Arizona game, which yeah. they should have won, which they should have on won. the ledger is, is a real bummer. Cause it would, yeah. it'd be real, a lot nicer to have four wins, yep. uh, in, in league play, uh, versus, uh, two right yep. now. So, yeah. So hopefully let's, let's, let's get that third. Cause I'm real tired of losing. It's kind of wearing on me. I invest way too much into this goddamn team. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. That'd be nice. You know, beating Washington will uh, will feel real good for us and then also, uh, you know, satiate a lot of our casual fans that <laughs> checked out maybe, you know, after the 20-0 run tonight and you know, yeah. missed out on all the good stuff that happened after that. Hey, last time we played at UW, I was there right right before uh, COVID shutdowns yeah. hit, and uh, that was a lot of fun to win at UW. Of course, we don't have CJ Ellaby this time, but hopefully we we can still beat him anyway. Yep. Um, yeah, but let's uh, – so, yeah, I yeah, we don't really do predictions for the game, largely because I don't really feel comfortable, like, fully on predicting some of these games. Because, <laughs> man, I just don't – I don't – I don't fully know what to expect out of us anymore. Like I, it's I thought we were something, and now I'm not 100 percent sure what we are. Um, I'm hoping we're getting back to what I thought we were. I'm really hoping that we're moving back that direction because um, that would be a great way to finish the season. But um, I really hope. I, I'm saying I'm not predicting a win against UW, but it wouldn't surprise me. And I would really hoping, hoping, hoping for it. Of course. Yes, please. Yes, All right, let's let's take a break and we will talk about that women's game. Well, we'll talk about it. we got a couple of women's games to talk about, but particularly that one tonight and uh and then we'll talk about some uh football recruiting news as well. And we're back. All right, so I know you're not drinking. you're still drinking. It's still January, right? You're still it is still January. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I am but, drinking but, a beer. But I'll... by this time, what? next episode, next episode will be February. So yes. Well, you have to. One of us has to. We gotta do an exchange in the yes. next week. I will. I will definitely. I will definitely do that. All right. <laughs> I got a. I got a few for you, man. I, I've been oh. saving. They're, they're all gonna be old now, but my man. Whatever. You know, I always get. You know, it's always never one beer. I know. I know. It's always like, hey, I got something. It's always oh, never. Cool. Is that? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, hey, English teacher, come on. It's, it's all good. You to, is it? Am I allowed to say always never? <laughs> you it's can say always what, never. You can say whatever you want. I do not sit in judgment. All right. So everybody thinks I'm, I'm judging them all the time, though. Sorry. Go ahead. So you're going to ask me what I'm drinking, Jeff? Or what, what are you drinking, Craig? Just, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for asking, you Jeff. That's so nice of you. Um, <laughs> I am so I uh, I am drinking. A beer from New Anthem Brewery, which is out of Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, so the reason I I almost always order th- these come up on the Tavar app, um, and I and I'm just gonna throw it out there real quick. Tavar is a fun kind of beer service where you can get beers, and they're not paying me to do this, but I just want to uh, share my code. And so if you use the code, you get money off of your what you order, and then I also get. Uh, money um uh let's see uh, i don't even know I, I don't even know how to find my code I'll, I'll i'll figure it out um oh here we go but anyway so uh my my referral link is 26712 so if you put in that code when if you sign up for a tavar account you can get twenty dollars beer credit towards your first order um, so you order like monthly for a box, like, uh, uh, but like, it's like a beer of the month and whatever. So two, six, seven, one, two, you can use that. Um, it's really cool. I get a lot of 
nice beer. Like their beer selection has been incredible lately. Um, uh, I again, they do not pay me for this, but I would like free beer because I get twenty dollars too <laughs> if you do that. So whatever. Um, so one of the ones, what they've been having this new Anthem Brewery. They're out of Wilmington, North Carolina. What I so. The reason I always order because I have one of, a very good friend that lives in North Carolina, and I visited her in Wilmington a couple times. And honestly, they didn't have very many breweries when I visited her because it's been uh, quite a few years since I've done that. Uh, but now, apparently, they have a really good, nice beer scene. Uh, North Carolina itself has a lot of nice little pockets of beer scenes. Uh, Asheville, North Carolina, is is a great beer town. Um, uh, Raleigh, uh, the uh, Raleigh, and and the rest of the. Um, research triangle a lot of great breweries a lot of good beer bars they have a real good beer culture there um, but wilmington didn't really but the really wilmington north carolina has popped up there's a lot of new breweries there um so i've i've had this new anthem brewery pop up on this tavar up a few times and they they make some good beer and so and this because i have that connection with my friends so i always like to send her a pig like look what i'm drinking it's from where you are um but this beer is called the path i fear um, which is, of course, you know, uh, the basketball schedule that we're currently facing right now. Um, you know, I, bring me back to uh, Montana State, please. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but, um, yeah, new anthem, Path I Fear. It is a, a beer. I I can barely read it. It's like incredible. Like I, I'm getting old, but it's a really cool, like shiny. You know, like it's got like black with like silver lettering. Um, but there's a. It's with a. Burundi Gakakwe Coffee. I don't know. Um, from some local roaster from there. I think Burundi it might be the roaster. And then it has a, a Tahitian and bourbon vanilla beans and a load of cocoa nibs. So it's mm. a pastry stout. Not not bourbon barrel aged, but it does yeah. kind of have a little bit of the, the uh, bourbon characteristics from those uh, vanilla beans. I think the vanilla beans are definitely dominant. I was really wanting something kind of sweet. Because um, I hadn't had dessert tonight. Not that I always eat dessert, but lately I have always eaten dessert. Um, uh, but uh, I really want something sweet while we uh, record it tonight. And it, it's definitely, it's not like super, super thick, like, uh, but it's got a good thickness to it and a lot of very strong bourbon characteristic. And definitely the coffee. It's some good coffee. Um, you can actually, it's funny. I have had like coffee in a beer and then went out and tried. And I'm not a huge coffee drinker, but I really like a good cup of coffee. Like I, I'll, I'll get excited about that when one actually tastes good. Like we have Valhalla coffee down the street from us. And I like, I don't always like, like we just have that for our regular drip coffee and it's delicious. And it, it's like a thousand times better than like the Starbucks you get from the grocery store or whatever. Um, and, and then if you go get a coffee from them, it's like a thousand times better than that. And, and plus they're so close, like you can smell when they're roasting. It's amazing. Mm. Um, but, but I, I've gotten like, when you taste a good coffee in a beer, like when a coffee tastes so good in a beer, you know, it's like going to be good. And so I've actually went and got coffee before just because I've had it in a beer, which is, is, is funny, but, um, um, but yeah, this one has a uh, coffee, Nice notes, uh, vanilla. I think it's all just all well. Like I, I get worried about like a twelve percent stout that's not barreled because they can be kind of they can kind of be over the top. But this one's dialed in really well. Really enjoy it. Way to go, Wilmington, North Carolina, where um, my, my like I I enjoy Wilmington a lot because they have they have nice beaches there, um, uh, and uh, it's it's a nice it's a cool little town. Uh, well, town it's like a hundred 
plus thousand people. It's not a little town. Um, you can go on the uh, Dawson's Creek uh, tour there because they they filmed Dawson's Creek there, um, which I know a lot of our listeners are huge Dawson's oh, Creek I'm fans. Sure. Um, one of the biggest memories I have of being in Wilmington, I was in Wilmington uh, during the 2014 World Cup when WC was playing Portugal or WSU, uh, WC podcast in my head when the U.S. was playing Portugal. And uh, uh, Portugal got that tying goal at the very end. But I remember we were watching that in a bar. And I was, like, and there was enough people watching that were, like, into it. And it was fun. But then it was just, like, that feeling of when uh, uh, U.S. gave up a goal right at the end. Like, I remember Bradley could have just kicked the goddamn ball to the corner. And, uh, like, I know... I know the U.S. advanced anyway, but it would have been really cool to beat Cristiano Ronaldo. That would have been nice, uh, but they didn't. But anyway, so that's like my biggest memory of Wilmington is being in some bar watching the U.S. blow a blow a win in the World Cup. But yeah, <laughs> but other than that, like I I hope I go back someday, and I'm going to make my friend take me to New Anthem Brewing because it's very delicious. Someday. Anyways, let's yeah. So Maybe. that's the beer. That's the beer. That's the beer today. Um, women's hoops uh man stanford is stanford what what can you what can you say uh it's kind of been that way for a while during all of this like they hit that top 25 and then it's just the it's just relentless in the pac-12 being capped right now by playing (laughs) you know stanford twice by by playing you know one of the team that was number one in the country like the consensus number one i I have no idea how they I have no idea how they lost those. Me two games. either. Like, they man. must have just been checked out. Yeah, I mean they had because they be. lost to they lost to Colorado. Who WSU? I, I watched that game. WSU had no trouble with Colorado. And then when I saw that Colorado beat them, I'm like, how did Colorado how? beat? Yeah, like Colorado is like one like as you see with all these Pac-12 like the, the kind of mid-tier Pac-12 teams. They they have like one really good player, and then like a bunch of like like Oregon State has one very very good player. And then, uh, not so much. And then, um, and that's probably why we've been able to beat them twice. Although that game was a hell of a game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That one very, talk. very good player was very awesome in that game. Um, so that the Oregon game was tough, you know, they, that was one they led early. It was kind of the reverse of the, the recent games they had. They led early and then they let it slip, but it was exactly what happened when they played Oregon at home. Uh, they, they got up early and then they just uh, got, got away from them and they just really couldn't score much in the, in, in the second half they had a real tough time scoring and Oregon's very talented even without, uh, Sabrina, uh, anymore, but they they still got a lot of players on that team. Um, so yeah, that was a tough loss. And then Oregon state, you're just feeling like they needed that win so, so much. Yeah. Um, and it was, they couldn't have made it any more stressful. Like nope. it was just nope. I think I texted you. I was like, "This game is giving me an ulcer." Like I know. I I just me. I was standing up in my living room for a like for just a lot of time on a on a Sunday morning. Just like you know, it was like watch. I don't know. I I am I don't never stand up for a Seahawks game. And, you know, I, but like I was just uh, standing up and and just like pacing in my living room like this is just too much they really need this win you got stanford coming twice they're coming 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 at you twice you don't get to play cal like they just don't like i I keep looking at the schedule i'm like they just need to at this point 
they just need to rack up some wins and they'll go to the tournament. That's it. Like they just need to get that win ledger up to a nice point. They, I think they have enough on the schedule to where they just need to tally some wins and they'll be in the tournament. And they're not getting Cal twice. Even Cal sucks. They're like one of the, like an awful, awful team. But they're not getting them twice. Those will be guaranteed wins. And they're not getting those on the ledger. And now we have – now I'm stressing they're watching uh, Stanford. You know, So that Oregon State game, it's like you got to get this one. You need it. You need it. You need it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it took uh, Sherilyn Molina really stepped up in the overtimes uh, – just two huge threes in the first overtime. Um, plus, a, just a lot of hustle plays. Uh, drew a bunch of fouls that when they just couldn't find a way to score, they just kept scoring. Uh, Bella once again fouled out in a crucial time on a stupid away-from-the-ball foul. I'm so tired of this crap. Like, like, do you really need to call that? You know that player's on four fouls. I know the refs know this stuff. Like... Like, do you have to call this away from the ball, like, touch that you let go 90% of the time? Like, it's just, it's nonsense. But they were able to get enough at the end. Um, real real nice worked out. They, uh, Sherilyn Molina actually, actually missed one of the free throws uh, that would have given them uh, the lead. But instead, WSU got the rebound, and uh, uh, Charlize uh, Ledger-Walker cool as a cucumber as they say dribbles in and hits a 15 footer um and and uh then they had to make like what what was it like three stops on the last on the last uh stretch just to survive that one but man that was a stressful game dude that was as stressful as they come i'm just glad they won it (laughs) i know i'm so glad i thought for sure well that i I can't i'm i'm sorry the oregon state like stud like she or stars she was she was just like uh I thought for sure she was going to hit that three in the yeah. first overtime to beat them. And yep. first, I, I can't believe they had the final possession, and she had been murdering them on the pick and roll, and they didn't run it. I was like, "What are you doing?" They ran a ball screen when it was like three. Then when they got a reset at like five seconds left, but they had it with twenty seconds left. And they didn't run a ball screen. I'm like, "She's been going at the rim relentlessly." Maybe they thought they couldn't get the foul call because it was the end of the game or something. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, she missed that three. I thought for sure it was down. Uh, but then they pulled it out in the second overtime, and she, you know, they, they forced her into a tough shot at the end. And good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, but then tonight, tonight, eesh, Stanford yeah. just came out. Just wouldn't let Charlize do anything. That Like, Charlize do anything. That's really what they, they're like, yeah. nope. She took five shots. Yeah. Didn't score in double digits first time all year. I mean, uh, she only took five shots. If she did, that would have been really impressive. This this game looked like every other Stanford game for the last, like, 40 years. <laughs> like, well, except, I, I will say the, the one difference uh, was they were able to make that run in the yes, second half. Yes, and no pull with So just, maybe I should just say the first half looked like yeah. every other Stanford absolutely game for did. the last 40 years. It absolutely did. Just completely did. outclassed athletically tactically like it was just um you know i i think there's some you know one of the things about this this team that that i think has sort of endeared them to me 
uh, is the, the, the fearlessness, right? I mean, they're similar to, uh, Kyle Smith's team in that, in that fashion. Um, they just, they, they don't back down. They keep fighting. They keep scrapping. Um, you know, they, they aren't maybe the, you know, kind of keep saying this, like they're not maybe the most talented team in the world. Um, but they do have, you know, two really good players and, and they just battle their asses off you know, on, on defense, on offense, you know, for offensive rebounds, like they just fight and fight and scrap and claw. Well, at the beginning of the, I I think over the years with Stanford, it's been a little bit of, and I'm certainly no, you know, women's basketball historian with WSU. Uh, You know, there's only, as as I mentioned before, there's only so many minutes in my day for, for watching sports, but um, you know, the times that I've kind of, I've kind of looked in and, and checked in, you know, they remind me of, you know, what used to happen to the men's team when we'd play like Arizona, when Lou Dolson was the coach, it was just like, you know, you'd play them and you felt like maybe you had a chance, but like their entire roster is full of future pros. And you're just like, and then not only that, there was just like this aura about them. Um, especially when Lou was the coach, it was just like, it just felt like you were toast before you even got on the floor um, you know, I feel like our women's team, when they've played Stanford over the years, it's been, it's been kind of a lot like that, you know, they're, they're just sort of beat before they even get on the floor. And, um, the fact that they were able to, um, you know, claw back a little bit, you know, show some fight, do some positive things. Um, I think, I think those are good. And, and, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is they're going to turn around and play Stanford again at home in like a couple days. So, um, you know, maybe, well, yeah. maybe well, I guess we're going to find out if the second half was just so, Stanford screwing around or if maybe they, yeah. they figured something out. Well, I mean, they, they got to figure out a way to get uh, Charlize more shots. I mean, even like Crystal took 12 shots, one of six from three. She's been shooting like 45 percent from three. That's that's rough. Um, uh, so they really like I saw players, uh, particularly Jones and Levy who I have not seen even play that much this year. Yeah. Taking a ton of shots in the first half um, because Stanford was just giving those shots to them and they were giving a shot. So I don't, so every, I feel like every single commentator pronounces their name differently, but to dare, um, I've heard to dare, I've had to dare. Like it's, I don't, I don't know. Pretty exactly sure to dare is, is she's a very good, She's a very good three-point shooter. She struggled in the first half, came back in the second half, and that was part of their run uh, where they took the lead that at one point was 41 to 11 and cut it down to 13 in the in the third quarter and then again in the fourth quarter. Um, uh, she finally was hitting some shots because they were giving her – like she, had, she took 10 threes. Like they were giving her the shots, you know. Like they were going to let her shoot. Like they were going to let – jones and levy and clark like these people that don't shoot shots very often they were gonna let them shoot they really they had the size inside to neutralize bella like she had a rough game and that uh, defensively and offensively just had a really rough game that was you know she's just kind of all alone down there um because they they kind of play a, a a smaller lineup um, overall, because Tadere kind of plays the four, but she's more of a she's definitely like more of a guard, I'd say. Um, but Matuga definitely plays inside, but she she you know she doesn't have the the height and the athleticism of some of these Stanford bigs. Like like she's just like they were just so talented. Like very, I mean, very few people do. 
Like that's. I mean, yeah, like you, you'd see, you'd see. I mean, they had, they had, uh, you know, wings that were as big as Bella. You know, it's, it was. I, I still can't believe they've lost twice. Like it, it's crazy to me. Um, I, I, but, it, but yeah. So if if WSU is to come back and pull shock the world in the second game this weekend, uh, Charlie's needs more than five shots. That's for sure. I will say, like, she is still such a baller. Like, she had three off. She knew she wasn't getting the ball. They were denying, denying the ball from her. She had three offensive rebounds. Uh, she had two steals. You know, she she was finding her way into it. But really, like, when a team's selling out, and they really sold out hard to deny Crystal in the first half too. Um, she found more shots in the second half, but she shot some tough threes. Uh, that's probably part of why she went one of six. She was kind of rushing just to get some shots up. Um, so hopefully, um, and I will say Matuga had a nice game given, you know, that, you know, how tough that front line of Stanford is. Because uh, she did have 10 and 10. Um, really kind of scored at times when WSU could not find anything. But, uh, yeah, and so, you know, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, I yeah, mean, they played really well. Like, they beat Stanford in the second half. And uh, uh, they played a lot better um, on both ends of the floor. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we watch in the, you know, in the NBA and, and you know, in WNBA, like where they have like long playoff series, like the clearly better team still loses, like, you know, quite often. There aren't a ton of sweeps. So, uh, you know, hey, it's the 69th, maybe the 69th time is the nice one for WSU. Um, that would be great because you definitely just like rubber stamp that ticket to the uh, NCAA tournament if they can get if they can get that one. Yep, yep. I mean, it, you know, you get that signature win, or or that would certainly be, you know, a signature win. Um, it, you know, it's just you watch Stanford and they just, you know, they just they they're they're just different. Uh, I don't really know a better way to say that. Like they just, it's a very dip- like well, I definitely saw like, so when you watch like UCLA and USC and, um, and Oregon, they, they had like, they had some players that clearly were kind of a different level of athlete than what WSU, but has. not like five, but not or five six of them. Yeah. Stanford. It was them. like, yeah, it was Stanford. It was every single player. Yep is just a monster. Like, yep. it's just like, like, oh, just, you know, future WNBA yeah. or, or, you know, like you just, European you watch them move, player. you watch them shoot, you watch, I mean, just, it's, it's a different kind of, it's just a different kind of player. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, they, they got a shot. Right. Why not? You know, I mean, everybody's got a shot. I mean, heck if, uh, <laughs> you know, they've lost twice, you know, why not, why not again? So, by the way, what do you think, uh, what do you think Tara Vanderveer's salary is? Oh, what would, you, what would be your guess? What would I guess? Yeah, uh, three million dollars. Oh man! So I don't know if this is true. I, this can't be true. Well, here's the thing: Stanford's a private institution. They're not. So yeah. So staff. in 2015, the SF Gate reported one hundred fifty-five thousand. Which Cami Etheridge's salary is four hundred thousand. So I just can't believe that Tara Vanderveer is making one hundred fifty-five thousand. There's no way. No way. Because no like Stanford like pulls in people for their basketball games. Like it's not like it's a revenue sport there. It's not you know like yeah. it, they're not playing in front of empty crowds. Like well, obviously they are now. Well, they're not even playing at home right now. But uh, 
but yeah, but I think they're going to be able to start playing at home. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I, I hope that's not true. <laughs> Cause There's Stanford, no way. They're, Stanford could pay them whatever she wants. Okay. You know? Hold on. October uh, 2017. Okay. Here's 2017 three year extension. But does it, does it have numbers? No, they don't have to say. Well, I don't they, know why they, they wouldn't don't have though. To say. It's funny how they don't have to say, and then they just don't. Yep. Like, we're just not going to say. Yep. And it doesn't say. Like, just as, like, yeah. I don't know. I would think you're probably right, though. Like, maybe it's got to be a I don't couple. Know. M- I don't know. I don't maybe know. It's, maybe it's I don't know what that hundred, where that 155,000 came from. That's, that would be nuts, like, because she be is just uh, incredibly Yeah, one of the uh, best that's ever coach. done. I mean, who else has shut down... Charlie's Ledger Walker. I mean, obviously right. the players she has is part of it, but she also <laughs> recruited those players. That's right. Stamper, um, Stamper to the Hall of Fame. She shut down Charlie's. Yeah, exactly. She shut down the, I mean, the the five-time Pac-12 <laughs> freshman of the week. Yeah. Sorry, we're laughing for how many? How many reason. people have done that? Yeah. Probably we're, we're nobody. Not, there's a different reason why we're laughing right there, but we won't say it. But yeah. but but I I don't think it's probably going to be tough for Charlize to get that sixth one unless she goes off this weekend and they yeah. beat Stanford. Then it'll probably be automatic. Even like then, if she if she scores like twenty five points and 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 they beat Stanford, they'll probably be like they'll be like WC's never beaten Stanford. So, but I I will say like. You know, it's it's it feels like yeah. If if we're if we're ever gonna beat Stanford, these two games like gotta be it. But you know, all these players are coming back next year. You know, I, I imagine Crystal's gonna come back because uh, she can, and so maybe we'll just I be that so. much better and and be just good enough to to get Stanford next year. Maybe they'll do it this weekend. I don't know. If 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 ever it's gonna happen. Like it just seems like with Charlie Slugger Ledger Walker on the team, like yeah. come on, it's gotta happen now. Like yeah. Jesus. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was uh it was a real bummer when they came out and just it was eight nothing real quick and then you're like, Okay, they've fallen behind, they can come and they did. They it, they got to like nine six or whatever and you're like, Okay, they can they can they can withstand this and then nothing. Nothing for a solid fifteen minutes and <laughs> Uh, Stanford just took over, and you're like, "Damn it, not again!" Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it that close because I am admittedly terrible at watching two games at the same time. Like, I just, yeah, like some people can do that; they can put up, you know, like four games well, and keep an eye. What on I did, them, I just cannot. So when Colorado I, went on that twenty-zero run, I just told, I started watching the women's game, and then when Stanford went on that huge <laughs> run, I just switched back to the men's game. Well, like, that's so I was trying to watch them, okay. you know, but. Uh, yeah, and, you know, of course, like when there's a timeout and one, they, they lined up pretty well because like the cadence of them is different. And plus they were started a half an hour uh, later, although that the uh, the women's game started about six thirty five and was over like at eight ten. Yeah, like, that was weird. incredibly fast. Yeah, I don't know if weird. they have less TV timeouts because they just do well, they do the quarter timeout and they do. So they still have four time. No, they just have three timeouts because they do five minute quarter five minutes so they do they only have three official tv timeouts versus four in the men's where they do 16 12 8 and 4 so maybe that maybe that impacts it that, that must impact it right yeah i would think so 
I definitely like that. I'm, I'm wholly on board with the men adopting the quarters as well. I like oh, watching yeah. it. Like, oh, I just feel sure. so much more natural, like, yes. watching a game with quarters. It's like, college basketball is the only there, yeah. level of basketball. Men's college ones. basketball is the only level that does this weird 20-minute half. Like, come on, just split them up. Do quarters. Yeah. That's how that's how it's meant to be. Everybody else on the planet does that at every yeah. level. At every level. <laughs> High school, pros, international ball, like it's it's all quarters, man. So like second graders. Yes. <laughs> like <it's- laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah, they they should do it. I think I wanna say they experimented with it in the NIT. Yes. But I think COVID sort of like threw all that stuff out the window, um, all, all that stuff that they pilot in the NIT to kind of get a sense of, of you know, whether they want to do it. I, yeah, I don't it think was 2018. Made, I know yeah. in 2018 they did. I don't know if they did it I don't think they made any changes. I don't think they made any changes because of what happened last year. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, they but. did a shorter. Okay. So, so, uh, the NIT, like the shorter shot clock after offensive rebounds came from the NIT. Yep. Um, so there's interesting. Uh, they they had a rule that made team fouls reset after 10-minute stretches. That's also a thing that I like about the quarters is the team fouls resetting yeah. after 10 minutes. Because now if you have like the first 10 minutes is like a foul fest, you're screwed for the next 10 minutes, which is what happened to WSU against Colorado yep. in the second half today. They fouled a bunch in the first 10 minutes. Second ten minutes, Colorado on a rebound foul on the other end was getting getting two shots, you know, or one and one with their eighty five percent fucking free throw shooters on the other end. Like it was uh it was incredibly frustrating. But it's nice they reset like every other basketball level. But or no, actually in high school it, it, it is um the fouls carry over from for the whole yes, half. Yes, that is true. That's right. Yeah. Um but but it but in women's college basketball the fouls do not carry over um, I'm actually not 100% sure at what foul the bonus is. Like I, apparently, I haven't been paying that much attention. But I haven't figured that out yet. Um, I think it's the fourth. Uh, I'm not sure, though. Um, uh, but, yeah, so uh, I would love to see them adopt that. But, anyways, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with uh, a little bit of um, – well, first, go beat Stanford and then – Go beat UCLA too. Yeah, go do, go do all that. That'd be great. That would be great. Um, I, but given those two games coming up and then USC on the back end, they definitely got to get that USC game. Yeah, uh, but uh, actually, they're going to have to start getting getting wins because they're yep. perilously close to five hundred at this point. Yep. So beating UCLA at home would be that'd be nice. Yeah, honestly, if they if you can't be Stanford, fine, but get get that LA weekend. You need retribution. You need you need to get retribution for those those two OT losses. I agree. Anyway. Um, all right. So, uh, but we'll talk about that next week. Um, all right. So, segue, whatever. Uh, we got a a twenty year old recruit coming in. Um, from uh, who originally committed to Boise State. Uh, then he went on a Mormon mission um, and is now coming back and decided he didn't want to go to Boise State because they have a different coach and was recruited by Nick Rolovich uh, when he was at Utah, Hawaii. Um, so he has decided to come to WSU. His name's Lolani Lange, and he's a linebacker, and uh, he's from Utah. Um, South Jordan, where a lot of uh, 
I, f- I swear like half of Utah's defense is always from South Jordan, Utah. I don't know what this place is. Um, <laughs> like, Must like be a, a football factory yeah. of South Jordan, Utah. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe there was just like one prominent player from South Jordan. I just have that stuck in my head. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, I mean... 6'2", 220, good size to start out with at a linebacker. I don't know what he is as a 20-year-old, you know, who's been on a, a mission for two years. So who knows Who knows what shape he's in? I'm sure he kept in shape. I'm sure those guys are used to staying in shape on those missions. But uh, Lots of walking. Yeah. Lots of biking. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of biking and walking. Um, I don't think that Probably keeps not you in a football lot of lift- shape. Probably not but, a lot of lifting. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he found – I'm sure that he would find some time to – Go to the obviously not the last year, but maybe he had a home gym. I don't know, but yeah, so six two two twenty at least his measurables when he was eighteen, which are good uh, to start out with. That would make him one of our bigger linebackers just right off the bat. Um, do you think he's going to end up at linebacker? Or? Seems mm. like it. Um, yeah, he he seems like a like a linebacker guy and not a. Um... Not rush a end yeah, not type. a ru- rush end or whatever they call him, edge, edge or rush or whatever yeah. they call him now. I don't know. I get confused, but yeah, he seems it like depends on the guy. coach. Yeah, um, it, and it seems like there's been an emphasis on on linebackers, <laughs> you know, uh, which yeah. maybe tells you something about the current state of our of our linebackers. You know, we brought in a transfer from TCU, um, who's a linebacker and. Uh, there were definitely linebackers in the class. We also tried to uh, – at one point we had a Juco linebacker committed. Now he's – he is – he decommitted but also has not, has not uh, committed to or signed with anybody else, which is usually a pretty good sign that he – that was an academic issue yeah. uh, with that guy. But anyway, it seems pretty clear they're trying to upgrade at linebacker. So uh, I don't know if this kid is going to be ready to contribute right away. I I, I – seem i i tend to doubt that um you know football shape is is probably a little bit different and he's not uh uh you know he's not enrolling early or anything like that i think so um you know given that uh second semester has already started so um so he's you know he'll be coming in in the summer to to play in the fall and you know it's kind of tough to imagine a guy like that being ready to contribute right away but i guess you never know and uh, linebacker is definitely a spot where, you know, where they, they, they got to get better, you know, particularly in the middle. Uh, you know, I think everybody felt pretty good about Jihad Woods and, and the things that he did. Yeah. Uh, you know, but he, he certainly wasn't perfect either. I mean, he got benched at one point for part of a game. It seemed, uh, I don't know that anybody ever said that he was, but it certainly, certainly looked that way. Um, you know, but he, he seems to thrive in a situation when he's got, you know, a real steady tackling machine next to him, uh, like he did when, when he was playing next to Peyton Pelour. So, uh, you know, maybe Ben Wilson will be that guy. He's the, he's the, the, the TCU transfer. Who's originally from, uh, Lake taps, went to Sumner high school near, you know, my neck of the woods down mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So, um, so that's a good, you know, that's a good thing. I, I think the thing that I like what they're doing, you know, I mean, we, we sort of speculated when they, you know, took 18 or 19 guys, uh, on the early signing day, you know, that, that maybe they would try to try to use those last, you know, five, six, uh, spots to, to bring in some guys, some older guys who would be immediately eligible to play. And, and sure enough, they've, they seem to have done that. They, they, they brought in a few transfers, 
you know, so you got the quarterback Guarantano, you got, you know, Wilson, the Mm -hmm. linebacker, you got Jackson, the DB, um, all, you know, potentially areas of need. Um, you know, again, I think everybody's pretty, pretty high on Delora, but I think we all can agree that quarterback play could have been a lot better last year too. So, you know, in those four games, um, so I like the fact that they seem to be kind of looking for areas and looking for places where they can, um, where they can add value right away, uh, you know, and maybe not, you know, dole out all those scholarships strictly to, to freshmen who maybe not are going to, are maybe not going to pay off for, for, for a few years. Transfers in football tend not to pay off as, as largely and as quickly uh, as they do maybe in say basketball, but yeah. Um, you know, this year might be different too. You know, I mean, except for Gardner Minshew, except for Gardner Minshew, yes, that is true. Jerome <laughs> like, Harrison, of course. Uh, <laughs> grad transfers a lot of times pay off, uh, but the only grad transfer here is is Guarantano. So, you know, who knows? Maybe we get get lightning in a bottle there again. But but I like the idea of you know in this environment, you know, players being able to move and not have to sit out a year. Um, you know, and maybe this should be a lesson to the NCAA too. You know, I mean, they're they're offering transfers and people don't have to sit out a year and it's not like it's been you know mass exoduses from from programs you know so maybe we can do away with the notion that people need to sit out a year in order to prevent them from transferring um you know just let them play let them play everybody everybody ends up happier to be honest players are yeah, happier and I, you know everybody 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 wins everybody wins so let, let's just everybody make this, wins. let's just make this permanent yeah yeah, hopefully they find out it's fine and and just stop it with the it's the coaches that fret more about this. Oh, anyway. for sure. Like it's, they panic. Oh my god, I, we're gonna lose a guy. We trained him, we fed him, we got him in the weight room, and now he's leaving. And it's just like, whatever, man. These but, are all guys that yeah. are looking for playing time. Like they're not pouting. Yeah. They're not whatever. They're just like exactly. yeah, they're not playing. You know, try to find a spot. Try to find go someplace that wants you. That's hey, okay. you know, you know, if you if you if you're doing manager mode on FIFA, you get you get players that bitch about that all the time. You know, yeah. they're like, "Hey, send me send me somewhere else, yeah. man, so I can play." Put me out on loan or something. Uh, That's what yeah. we really need in college football. We need <laughs> loans. <laughs> God, just make them even more like more of a, a yeah. property than Al- a, than Alabama. A human. <laughs> you know, we need we need Alabama to loan us a loan us a guy like like USC's got 18 wide receivers. Maybe they'll loan us one or two. Yeah, right. Yeah, Alabama can lo- loan their like uh instead of it, but like maybe they can have something where the the loan year doesn't count for eligibility yeah, yeah, yeah. at your yeah, school. You can you can redshirt during your loan year. <laughs> so, anybody it's like anyone who doesn't follow like uh soccer that like loans are typically like you can give a guy or you don't get like you you let a guy play and you might get like a fee in return or they'll pay most of his salary or something and they do it a lot with young guys and when he there's no room on your roster for them to play but you can go have them play on another team and so they can develop um you know and develop instead of just sit on the bench for the whole season so yeah i'm now i'm fully on board for this for college football uh alabama can send us their five-star recruits who aren't going to play for a year and they'll just come play with us but of course nick Saban would be like hell no they're not gonna they're not gonna develop under yeah under my guys like of course maybe it'd end up like every former Saban assistant ends up with just these stud freshmen every like these stud players everywhere because they're just like playing for for uh, their team for yeah. one year 
Yeah. Of course, they all they all. I I don't think he's gonna give anybody to Kirby or anything, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's so I I have to come back. So the reason that South Jordan Utah was in my head is because Starlo Tulele went to South Jordan Utah as well as although I, that's why, but uh, Dalton Schultz also went to Dart um, South Jordan Utah. Um, who has played in the NFL, yeah. and so as uh, Harvey Lange. So they've actually had three or four players in the last 20 years that have played in the NFL. But I'm pretty sure it was Starlo Tulele is why I uh, I had South Jordan, Utah. I'm like, oh, why is that Why is that such a, uh, like a, a place in my mind? Because I was thinking like giant dude from South Jordan, Utah, and that is Starlo Tulele. So, um yeah, uh, I all in all, I, I like what they're doing with this uh, the the end of the recruiting class here. I, I like what they're doing a lot. Yep. If we're going to be more competitive next year, it's very clear that we needed some guys that can come in and play right away and be better because uh, what we saw, you know, didn't necessarily scream bowl team in a full season. So, no. um, and I would love to, you know have a team that is uh on that winning side again um so yeah uh that's i think we're good i think that's good man you know what do you think i think that's good (laughs) all right well uh um if you uh like what you hear or if even if you kind of only a little bit like it and you just like to waste time listen to people babble about the kooks um please give us a, a subscribe and rate us five stars um uh, we are we love the five star reviews uh um but i will say like uh some of you that really hate us man that's a thing um i i feel like uh you know as someone who just always hates when people hate me it's really rough to see those um so if you're gonna say something mean just still give us a five-star review that, that's all i'm gonna say um <laughs> I, I would i would i would uh i would lo- I, lo- I would love that um uh, because uh we aren't uh, uh you guys can go read the reviews they're hilarious um but anyways <laughs> There's a few uh, are pretty funny yeah they're they're pretty funny um people that do still, not you- appreciate our podcast or maybe they do not appreciate that we say Black Lives Matter at the end. Yeah, it could be that um, too. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you uh, if you want to leave a, a good five star review, I, I I'll probably start reading them. I'll start reading them, and uh, I'll give you credit for them, even even if it's not your real name. Um, yeah, um, you can send us email at a uh, uh, podcast vs everyone at gmail dot com. Oh, Jeff. Okay, sorry. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. We ha- and I- I'm sorry. I'm going to make you stay up a little later. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about uh, uh, the the uniforms. So we had a, we had Mark um, wanted us to talk about the uniforms. So uh, he said, and I, I meant to do this last week, um, he gave us a BLM as well. So um, um, he says they're a bit plain. Uh, but I do, but I like that they don't repeat combinations in a season while mixing and matching helmet elements like the logo and face mask colors. Uh, do you have a favorite football combination or wish list uniform wise, or do you fall in with the, I don't care what they're wearing as long as they win crowd? Um, 
I'm not the biggest fan of our current uniform setup. Um, I, I tend because I tend not to like simple unless they've always been simple, I guess. Yeah. Like if I you're think. Penn state or, uh, yeah. Now that's Indiana basketball. Yes. Now that said, um, like I, I don't, I don't know. Like we tend, we tend to not get the greatest designs when, when people do stuff. So yeah, I think we're on the end of, end of the end yes. of the list. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I guess, you know, in lieu of like, I think the, the, the simple uniforms we have now are better than the ones we had before. Um, particularly with all the mixing and matching we do. I think that's, that's kind of part of it too. But, um, yeah, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't hate, seeing something a little more a little more bold a little more uh you know i I think the number font helps you know doing doing the kind of the specialized number font um one thing i would like to see man we should be putting our damn logo like in 14 different places on that uniform like it should be like so um i think brian anderson so one of our writers brian anderson um kind of put it this way like like when you see clemson like that paw is like it's it's on the helmet, it's on the shoulder yes. pads, it's on their hips. Absolutely. Like it's everywhere. Our, I must our, say I love that the women's team has the the jersey that is just the yes. cougar head instead instead of like yes. Washington State. Yes. Which like I, I think like Sherwood pointed out to it, like it's too many letters right. to put yep. on a on a uniform. Yep. Yeah. So I uh, so I'm all in on figuring out, you know, creative ways to just prominently feature the logo and, and different places to put it and, you know, things like that. I, 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 I'm okay with that. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe place it more prominently on the front of the, of the Jersey or something like maybe yes. make the front number smaller and then, and then like a larger, I don't know, but I also um, want wazoo on like yes. the, the back of the helmet or yes. the, the, or that top part yes. just somewhere Yes, or just put wazoo on the Jersey. Or just put it on care. the front. Of the I jersey. definitely want wazoo on the basketball jerseys yes. for sure. Yes. Put wazoo on the basketball yes. jerseys. So, uh, I, you know, I'd be okay if they got a facelift at some point, but I mean, but they're fine. Like they're, they're attractive. They're sharp. They, I don't, I don't, they're sharp. I don't hate them. Uh, it's just like, if I'm like, Hey, if you had your druthers, what would you do? And I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have like a, like a cool design and, um, you know, like something that like, you know, that they're, you know, that they're watching. And I think that was their goal. That that was their goal. I think that's something that Bill Moose said at one point, you want to know that it's Washington state when you turn on TV. I don't think our, our unis, unless like, I don't think any, any of our current uniforms do no. that i don't think not even you're like remote. oh that's washington state no nope. and that's where the logo comes in i think if you have the logo everywhere yeah um i'll say so he asked for uh uh luke asked for uh oh wait wait so we also had luke commented um i will say he um uh, luke uh agreed with your uh uh, comments that the Michigan State uh, neon <laughs> uniform was terrible, horrendous. <laughs> so there you go. Um, he really hates the. Um, it's funny. I don't. These two didn't. But we did mention that I wanted to talk about uniforms, so that's probably what spurred him. But he's he doesn't like the combo grays, which I think we've went away from a little bit since uh, we. I know we did the combo grays with the last jerseys, but I, I get, well, I guess they have light gray pants that they've, they've put out. So they have done yeah. the, like, 
I don't so, think they yeah, have a light, I, I I would, think they have a light gray top anymore though. I I would agree with that. I don't really I know there's some people that really like when they do that, but like with the dark gray top and then the light gray pants and like the the silver no. or the light gray helmet. Barf. But I don't really like I don't like the way that no, looks. I do like so um what uh Mark asked about is what are your favorite combos? I really like when they've done that um white Coog logo anthracite helmet and then the white or what no it was when then the it was the white helmet with the anthracite logo with the with the anthracite jersey and the white pants and there was just the the one crimson coog logo on the pants and then the the players would wear crimson kind of accent stuff i think that looked awesome i think we did it against utah or nevada um in like 2017 or something uh, I think I thought that looked incredible. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I I just I love the way that looked. I think it was a really cool like usage of our color scheme. Um, I I think one that sucks that we, we like can't use that much because like bad stuff always happens is the the white helmet, crimson logo, uh, crimson uh, shirt, and white pants. That looks really good, but something bad always happens. Someone gets injured or, or something terrible every time we wear that, so yep. it's like cursed. Yep. But it looks great. I yep. think it looks awesome. Um, it's funny in this current setup, I don't think they hit the classic combo that well. Like it doesn't look like I, I don't even know if it's classic. Uh, there's probably like no like it's only very recently the classic one, like the the gray helmet, gray pants. I, I don't think that one looks that great. Um, I do like the all anthracite, um, but the UCLA game ruined it. It sucks, uh, but it did. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's two great, great memories with all anthracite. So I just have to stop being a little bitch about it. But, um, (laughs) um, the one thing that all anthracite one hurts. I was going to say the one thing I really, really, really don't like is when we have a crimson logo on the helmet with no crimson anywhere else. Um, so like what I think we had, we had a game this year where we went um, anthracite and anthracite helmet with a crimson logo on the helmet and then anthracite tops, but the numbers on the anthracite tops are white. And so like yeah, the logo yeah. and the numbers not being Looks the kind same of out color of place, yeah. seems weird. It, at least yes, it, it's not so bad if, um, you know, you got if it's, you got a crimson logo and a you know a crimson top or white, something or yeah, crimson yeah, pants. Yeah. You know, With you got white numbers. yeah somewhere for it to kind of match, but like I don't know, it's. I yeah, agree with that. I'm kind of I'm kind of a weird I'm kind of weird about that one. I do I do yeah I, I like that. Well, either yeah, um, yeah. So I it's fine. We one more email from Dave just asked when we're gonna do a podcast again. He wants to to talk about football, the QB QB situation 2021. We'll do that next week, Dave. Um, Jeff, something he brings up, uh, and I presume some kind of celebratory song that Larry Scott will be able to in July. I totally fucking forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. I know. Michael Michael did a whole show on it. If you want to listen to that, you can listen to Michael's. With Brian. Yeah, that's great. listen to the Coog Center Hour. Him and Floyd. I'm I'm surprised that we forgot about that. Uh, That's old news at this point, right? I know, yeah. We were just talking about hoops. Because um, that broke like right after we recorded last week's show. In summary, in summary, yes. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. Na 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 na. Hey hey. Hit yeah. the road, Jack. All of it. All the songs. Uh, just take your fucking uh, uh, fancy but not even that fancy but expensive downtown San Francisco office the fuck out of here. Like, just take your big-ass salary that wasn't worth even a penny of it. Like, take your bad ideas. Just get out of here. We need something new. But, yeah, that's uh, keeping it short. But, yeah. Yep. So I hope you stuck around till the end, Dave. Um, (laughs) I hope so, Since you were begging begging for a new podcast, um... Uh, then you must have uh, you must so I'm sorry it took us so long I think yeah we were kind of long in between I I didn't realize that um, we mostly just kind of were waiting for uh, these two Wednesday game weird Wednesday games to uh, to play we figured we'd just record after them and make it easier for ourselves really not for you for us yeah that's all we care about yeah. is us honestly yeah. well and if we had wins people. to talk about we might you know be a little yeah, more excited if, about that but yeah, if uh, if it was like some four and zero hoops uh, weekends, we'd probably be on Sunday afternoon. Would be like, yeah, let's go. Uh, but it's truly, it's not as much fun to uh, talk about bad things. Uh, so beat fucking U Dub, and I don't know, beat Stanford. That'd be great. That would be. Um, great. That'd be. We'll probably record right away if that shit happens. Probably uh, will. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, yeah, plugs are done. Email done. We're getting emails now. Email more, obviously. We're going to read them online or on here. And uh, stick around to the end. You'll hear it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, subscribe, rate, and uh, go Cougs. Go Cougs. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.